morning. Welcome to the Money and Faith podcast. This is Nathaniel Nolf speaking, your captain for the next <laughs> 20 minutes. Uh, and uh, I'm joined as always by my father, Rich. Aye, aye, captain. Good to, good to come aboard your here assistant, for the journey. Assistant to the captain. <laughs> How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. You had it's, a good uh, week. It was uh, refreshing. Well, everybody in western Pennsylvania was battling snow and ice. I was sitting beside a nice, beautiful pool and 80-degree weather, beautiful blue sky, and completely out of that ice and snow. Hashtag cancel Rich Nolf. <laughs> that uh, sucks. That's, oh, well. That sounds awful. Yeah. I mean, we went to a place where, okay, I had a great week, but there could have been a hurricane, too. Yeah. So. You know what I had in Pittsburgh this week that was really good? I had good food. Yeah. Well, that's what we were missing. Uh, yeah. Sadly, this beautiful resort, the food was absolutely terrible. Uh, and I've been saying that the best meal I had all week was uh, in the Atlanta airport on our connection flight back yeah. to Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, we're glad you're back. Thank you. All of us here at the podcast. <laughs> we're happy you're back. <laughs> the podcast we're on. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for uh, for joining us here. If this is your first time listening, this is uh, uh, two gentlemen. Uh, we are the founders, or my father is the founder. Uh, we are the part uh, uh, contributors to the company Safety First Retirement. Uh, that's our that's our firm. Uh, we do this podcast, and we uh, we talk about some issues that uh, in the money world that we talk about in the faith realm, uh, which is. Uh, I think it's, it's a lot of fun, and we, we're glad you're here. What do you want to talk about today? Well, while I was on vacation, um, back in the book of First Samuel, and for me it was really intriguing about the story of David. Now, with David, we have a lot of, I think, uh, glamorous types of ideas about David being king and slaying the giant Goliath, but I really wanted to look at the issue of that journey. Because when David was a young man, he was anointed by the prophet Samuel Mm -hmm. to become king. Now, he was anointed while there was already a king. Saul became the first king of Israel. Uh, He made some missteps. uh, And Saul did things that really displeased God. And with the Lord knowing our hearts, he could see that Saul was not going to be the person who's not only himself, but then through his... um, line, family line, to be the ongoing uh, king of Israel. And so he anointed somebody who was of his own heart. But between the great battle with Goliath and when he actually became king, it was a heck of a journey. And I think that's where I want to focus today. Yeah. What is, so we assume that our listeners are are, uh, at least kind of fluent in a lot of biblical passages mm-hmm. are um you know not well well versed but have a general understanding right when we talk about that sort of era and we talk about the uh the old testament versus the new testament what was going on around that time was there um uh what was the just the general historic <laughs> for a 21st century term what was the vibe of that particular era that we're talking about right well at this point in the history of Israel, they had multiple centuries of being led by judges. 
And so they didn't have an organized government. There was not one single leader. And these uh, judges, as they were coming up, would go ahead and guide and give that type of uh, governance to the land. And yet it was sporadic because they were not over all of the territory and they were really on their own. They would bring or lead Israel out of times of, of persecution as surrounding nations began to come back in and try to take the land and, and take their possessions. And these judges would turn the people or organize them in a way that they could expel those individuals and have a time of peace. But then the sins of the people, causing them to backtrack, go back to their false idols, and then bring on that persecution once again. So the people came to a point where they said, you know what, we're really looking at Samuel as our judge, but we could see Samuel had the same problem as previous judges where his sons were corrupt, Hmm. and they were not going to give the type of governance that the people needed, and so they just came together and said, we want a king. And that's what happened because they could look at these nations around them, see that they had kings Mm -hmm. over them and the people really, that's what they desired. working. Yep. And God relented to that. He went ahead and said, Hey, Samuel, the people haven't rejected you. They've rejected me in this. And so he gave him a king and he gave him warnings. Okay. If you get a king, what's he going to do? He's going to take your land. He's going to take some of your best crops. He's going to take your sons for the army. He's going to take your daughters to come and work for him. And the people still said, that's fine. That's what we want. And that's what happened. And so Saul became the first king. Um, He had all the physical attributes. Mm -hmm. He was taller than people. Uh, Which was was, a big thing in that society, too, was just being taller. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Good looking guy, but his heart wasn't right. And then so David is anointed, but now the journey. It's um, after the battle with Goliath, David became an army leader, and the people could see his victories and the way God was blessing him. And there came about this song where they were saying that Saul has slain his hundreds, David his thousands. Hmm. And that became a source of jealousy for Mm. Saul. Right, and, and so there's a dynamic going on where Saul, who had the anointing of God, the Spirit of God was upon him, God pulled that from Saul, mm-hmm. and that opens him up then to the torment of the demonic, and his hatred for David just started growing, right. and that's where we begin to see in the following chapters how that unfolds, but think about it. Let's bring this into a modern context. Yeah. And, and talk a little bit about our political, I and mean, we just came out of a, a pretty contentious election sure. here in the United States. But talk a little bit from your perspective, Nathaniel, as you saw that dynamic play out. What's, what's the issue of tension between the different sides? Well, I think it's power, right? I right. think it's um, my particular beliefs are correct, and this is for both sides, right. with correct without hesitation. I think a lot of people put blind faith in leaders just because of what they will say they right. will do. Um, uh, and, and jealousy is a, is a good, I, jealousy is a good term for that. Um, uh, but I would also say p- 
people feel afflicted right now right. on both sides of the aisle, yep. and that caused major voter turnout this yep. this past political season. Um, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna look at it, if I'm gonna compare that story that we heard from the Bible just now to modern day times, yeah, I would say pride is the biggest mm-hmm. biggest contributor to uh, both political parties right now. I think. Um, you know, regardless of my political views, I think uh, our ability to have uh, or our desire rather to have power over other people, right. I think that is a huge contributor to why this nation might not be in the, you know, the standing that you want it to be yep. right now. Um, that I, I, I'm not that political of a person. Right. Like I, it's sad. I just don't really care. Yeah. And, but I know I'm very privileged to be able to say that there's people that politics it's, you know, who's ever is president really does affect you yeah. and their administration. I'm very fortunate to be able to say, I really don't care. That yeah. much. It's, it's a, it's a weird kind of thing. Yeah. But you know, I think right along with, with what you're saying, you know, this goes back even to the biblical story that we're looking at today and modern times where once you set up a ruling class, there's a king and the king is going to take land. He's going to take your resources. That is a shift economically towards <coughs> those of privilege versus those who are not. When we look at what has happened to our own economy since the big uh, issue of the recession of 2008-2009 and it looks like over those last 10 years that we've had a nice recovery but if you take out what has happened to the top five percent it, it looks like an absolute flat economy where it never improved mm-hmm. because those who are the wealthiest the powerful have done incredibly well yeah the average person is not yeah, and, and you're the seeing, middle class. Right, exactly. Right. And you're seeing a lot of disconnect or, or discontent with that disparity yeah. that we see growing. And, and that's where, okay, we had Trump uh, rise to the presidency in 2016. A lot of that is discon, uh, discontent and frustration with how this current system is. It, it seems to favor those who have wealth in power. Yeah. I don't think that's ended. And we, we, we can see it all down through history. There just comes a point where the people say enough's enough here. What do you think that does to a nation? What do you think that does when the middle class starts to fade and there is this separation between, and we're not economists, but what do you think that does to a society that the middle class is no longer in? There's this major separation between the wealthy and, and the unfortunate. I hope that it stays within the democratic framework that we've established here uh, for over 200 years where we can do this in a way that will have an orderly transition of power to individuals that will recognize this problem and begin to take steps to help resolve that. Uh, Let's hope it doesn't end up where this thing becomes very violent because we see that when at times where groups haven't gotten what they want and we see terrible things happening where uh, large groups of people come together and they start breaking windows, they start burning buildings, they start jumping on cars. Right. Uh, 
let's hope that that's not the future of our country, that we can come back to where there's a fair system where everyone can participate in, in a way for those who want to, who, who want to participate, that want to put out their own energy and their resources for that chance to live out the American dream. Mm-hmm. But if, if we're going to have this continued widening gap between those who have excessive amounts versus those that are just paycheck to paycheck, that's going to be a, a, a bigger and growing issue for us. Do you think pride is another, is another way to categorize this issue in America? Do you think it's related to that at all between the wealthy, the people who are put in charge of making these laws that benefit primarily the rich and the 1%, do you think there's a pride level to that too? I think the issue in pride that I see playing out in that dynamic is that people do not want to admit that they're wrong. And they in with the, the way we can absorb information now, where we have 24-7 news channels, we have the internet, and people are really focused on getting more information about what they believe right? and very little information about what the opposition believes. And right. so they continually re- reinforce what they believe is right. And I think that's what you're referring to, that pride issue, that their way is the only way. Yeah. And if everyone doesn't conform to that, then there's an issue with um, the anger or can, leading maybe to violence because uh, uh, if, if you're not accepting of one group's um, opinions, then they call that hate speech. They, they call that ignorance, uh, many different ways of labeling it, but it sets up walls. I mean, who wants to negotiate with people that are, are calling you hateful? Right, exactly. There's no dialogue between anyone anymore. And that's an issue. I think whenever we stop talking to people, I think that's how Trump got elected. I Mm -hmm. think people weren't talking to those folks who, you know, I I think if if you think 90% of this country, the people who voted for Trump are are racist, I think I pity on you. I do. I uh, there are definitely people who are and there are definitely people that need help. Right. (laughs) But. Um, I was a big fan of uh, John Stewart when he was right. on The Daily Show. And he had this quote after Trump got elected. And he's like, yeah, I understand why people voted for him. People, some people's health care premiums were going up. Yeah. People, some people are struggling. The America, the middle class, like we were talking about, is struggling. So you look at this guy who pretends to have all the answers. And I'm going to vote for him, who arguably has been very divisive yeah. and in politics in this country right now um so i don't know what we were saying um but yeah you're right where it was and even those on the opposite side could see why our country would vote for someone that it offers this path of change and hope right you know and and what are perceived to be answers to get us there uh, that's exactly right you know you come back and we're looking at how this whole kingdom issue is unfolding. Uh, we have this separation of the the elites and the average people as Saul becomes king. And then we also have the issue of David being the anointed one. You know, and what's going to happen is that Saul is going to pursue him to kill him. Right. He wants him to be eliminated to not only 
prevent a challenge to his authority, but his family's line. Right. Where Jonathan was to be the king to follow Saul. Uh, that's not what God was going to ordain. Uh, as I read those stories, though, for me, it's what was David going through mentally when he's on the run? He's got a small band of people loyal to him, but he's hiding out in caves. He's going into uh, other regions that are outside of uh, Israel proper in order to find shelter and protection. On his mind, he has to remember wow, Samuel anointed me. And the words that Samuel said to me, how come I don't see them happening? Right. And so he's, he had to experience fear and maybe disappointment. Right. And, and just saying, why, God? Why am I going through this right, right now? Yeah. I mean, it's the whole, whole book of Job, too. Right. I mean, there's so many stories. And, you know, being a human and even being a faithful person does not... Uh, exclude you from hardships mm-hmm. and struggles and right. pain and fear and suffering, um, but it allows you a way to deal with those things and um, allows you a sense of peace and comfort to know that there are through tough times there are there are answers. Yeah. Like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and you hear you read these stories and people and the same experience problems so much worse than have experienced so so much worse than I have in my right. life. And, uh, you know, reading these passages helps at least me put perspective to my own issues. Yeah. And I, I think that's just as important. Yeah, and, and that's why as we come back to God's Word and we see that things were not sugar-coated. David didn't go from being anointed to the next week he's king over Israel. Exactly, right. He had a long journey of persecution, fearful of death, thinking that any night there could have been a raid and um, thousands could have come against his few hundred. Right. And it could have all been slaughtered right then. It helps us, you and I, to look at and say, okay, what about these promises that we see in the Bible? Are they still relevant for you and I today? Right. Or our faith would say yes, that when I'm reading about promises to believers, to those who are... Um, uh, sealed by the Holy Spirit, those promises belong to us. Does that mean all my troubles are going to go away immediately? No, that doesn't mean that. Does it mean I'll never have problems in the future? It, it is not implying that at all. It's, okay, how was God with David on that journey from the day he was anointed to the day he actually took that uh, seat of power as the king? And so we look at today and say, wow, boy, this economy is going to roll into a recession at some point. Mm -hmm. That's going to hurt. That's going to hurt a lot of people when that happens. But fear not. Fear not. Mm -hmm. God is going to be with us through that journey. Yeah. And in in times like that, that can seem so dire, especially talking about something that we're very familiar with or people's savings, money that they've sacrificed and put away. Um you know, you experienced it with people in 08 and 09 who, yeah. who lost money. I talk to people all the time who did as well. I talk to people who lost 40% of the money that they had mm-hmm. saved. And it's, you have to look to the end game. You have to look to, um, you know, use your faith to trust that things will be okay. Right. And that's, that's an extremely important lesson. It is that even though David was hiding in caves, there was going to be a day when he would sit in a palace and 
Did he know that? I, I see in the way he writes, and Psalm 34 is where I was at this morning, and it was talking about one of those uh, parts of that journey for David uh, from the anointing to being king. Uh, but all the promises of Psalm 34, and I, I encourage every one of our listeners, go back, read that psalm, and then go back and read it a second time where that is your voice. Make hmm. Psalm 34 yeah. your voice to God and and hang on to those promises that you're going to see there. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you very much for joining us here on the Money and Faith Podcast. Check us out on Facebook, search Safety First Retirement. Make sure you visit our website, safety1stretirement.com, safetyfirstretirement.com. Uh, that's it. Uh, if you'd like to come see us at seminars tonight, we'll be at you'll be at Hofstadt's. I'll be at Hofstadt's in Oakmont, and I'll be at uh, Atria's or Atria's. I was corrected uh, in Irwin. Uh, recently opened up about a year and a half ago, so make sure you come out to that if you can. If you'd like to get on our list, our mailing list, or on the list for the seminar, give our phone call. Uh, give our phone a call four one two seven seven two eight five seven five. Check us out, uh, and we will see you next week. Uh, well, you know what? One other thing, though. Let's oh. say Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's oh, this goodness. Week. That's this that? week. It's the yeah. end of the year already. Yep. That's crazy. Maybe we'll come back next week, and we'll kind of focus on uh, the issue of, of thanks. That's great. That's wonderful. Well, thank you very much for joining us here. We'll see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.